is it playing? Yes. Oh, <laughs> is it playing? Am I a hundred? All right. Well, welcome to our first ever episode of Screaming at the Sky, truly unhinged Taylor Swift podcast. We are glad to be here. Yeah. My name is Annie. I'm Mari. And we are... We have a lot of opinions. We're gonna, You're going to hear about it. Yeah, because the one thing that you have to know about a Swifty, we'll tell you about it. No shame. You don't even have to be interested. You can actively tell us to stop talking about it. I would argue the more uninterested you are, the more we're going to cram it down your I throat. I have been mad when I've been awake at that time. Because every time I, <laughs> I get mad, I'm like... I thought that's all you were going to say. <laughs> Did you hear? Did you, were you on Instagram last night and TikTok at 12.30? Or were you asleep like a normal human being? On a scale of 1 to 10, how much mayhem? How much mayhem is in your midnight on any given midnight? I get, I'm like, when she first announced it, I was like, I'm never awake at this time. This is ridiculous. Who stays up that late? And then I've been up every time she's yeah. done it. And I'm like, God damn it, Mari. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then we just keep coming back for more. And then we say, I do have questions, dot, 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 question mark. I really do. Back on track. Uh, again, we are uh, Annie and Mari. This mm-hmm. is episode one. We want to get some things out of the way. Here's the guidelines. Here's our rules. Yeah, it's Here's more our... like a pl- it's a pledge. It's a pledge. We it's wrote our... it in the Google Doc we're looking at right now. It's called a pledge, it's and our... it's in quotes. It's our credo. It's we should our... have brought in a vinyl for you have to put your hand on and then raise your <laughs> left. Is you put. You put your right hand on the Bible and raise your left hand. You well, put so your left hand on, on the Bible. If you <laughs> any and all Bible-related questions should go elsewhere. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Yeah. Okay, so we are here to talk about the music of Taylor Swift. We are not here to talk about who she has dated, what size pants she wears, or her red carpet looks, though she does consistently slay. She is her own person. She deserves privacy. We don't share paparazzi pics or rumors. We want her to date who she wants. We want her to wear what she wants. We want her to be, and I quote, whoever the fuck she wants. We are here to talk about the music of Taylor Swift, which is immaculate. We also reserve the right to hate some of her songs, and we're going to scream at each other about it, and you're going to hear it. In solidarity, ladies. Ladies. Let's do intros. Again, I am Annie. I'm 38 years old. I'm Mari. I'm 29. So we got a good spread. We got a good spread. We going. got very different perspectives on this. We entered into the fandom at very different times. And I think we have very different opinions on a lot of things. We're similar in a lot of ways, but the things that we differ on are aggressive. Unrectified? Un... What is the word where it's like, we'll never agree? Incomprehensible? No. No. And I don't know. <laughs> We was in two English majors. <laughs> I just want to be like we both were English majors in college. It's fine. Um, yeah, it's it's gonna be a bloodbath. Yeah. But here we are. All right. Well, do you want to start with your fan journey, Mari? Sure. Like? So this is how not a fan I am. How old is she? Ooh, thirty-one, thirty-two. Googling. I think she's my older sister's age. I think she is my older sister. <laughs> Even though you're 38? Uh-huh. She is 32. She's 32. Okay, so she was going through things slightly earlier than me, but for a large portion of her discography, it was kind of like three-year age on your side, you could relate to what she was talking about. So I remember her debut. I remember I had a... 
contraband, a burned copy of the CD, back when you burned CDs for your friends and you made mixtapes, and then you wrote with a Sharpie on the mixtape, and that was like the ultimate thing you could do for a crush. And you always dotted your eyes with hearts. Absolutely. Then I also had several other CDs with those songs on it. So I remember the hits. I remember Tim McGraw, I remember our song, and I remember really loving um, a deeper cut on the debut called Invisible, because I love an unrequited love song, and that's probably throughout Taylor's history, the songs I've related to the most are the unrequited that's love a songs. Theme, that's a theme you'll hear a lot. Yeah, it's me talking about how I never have the courage to say how I feel, and then I'm upset when somebody goes <laughs> finds somebody else. So instead of speak now, you might say you speak never. Speak never. That would be my... Sad always. Speak <laughs> never. <laughs> so that's kind of the beginning, and then I've just been on her bandwagon ever since. I love Fearless. Speak Now was really big for my high school soccer team. It like came out long live. We were all like, this song's about us. And then Red was revolutionary in the 1989 in college, came out when I was in college and I was just like, let's get drunk to blank space. Yeah, and ever since then, and then really Folklore and Evermore was, it sent it into an echelon that is hard to describe. Um, for my level of commitment. But that's a little bit. So I'm a, I'm a long-time listener. <laughs> First-time <laughs> caller. <laughs> um, I will say, however, my egregious thing is that I've never seen her in concert. Mm -hmm. So just best be known. <laughs> you don't I'm be knowing. so nervous. I'm sweating so much. I'm having such a hard time articulating. <laughs> if she does truly announce this folk more at midnight featuring lover tour mm -hmm. i will empty my bank account yep because i feel like i am not a real fan yes we have already let her emotionally ruin our lives we will then let her financially financially ruin my life yes mm -hmm. physically i've never been hurt while listening to her but the song is coming but it's coming i would not be surprised and you know what i'm ready yeah i'm ready to get hurt again <laughs> No doubt about it. No doubt about it. Um, all right. Well, so it sounds like your fan journey really followed like a very, it all locked in your life phases and your age and everything kind of flowed. Yes. I, however, have always been a huge pop music fan. My origin story is like Mariah Carey, Britney Spears, like just really that top 40 pop so i've always known about taylor swift in high school and things did i like her yes would i say that i was like a fan not necessarily so fast forward into my adult life i'm in my 20s i'm a mom and got this new job and it was at a small company i'm sitting at my desk it's like my first month there and i'm working with a bunch of guys it was a very male dominated industry at the time and i was working with a bunch of guys all of whom loved country music which was like torture to me because <laughs> i am not a radio country person if you recall when red came out the single was red and it was being played on country radio again my coworkers, my adult older than me male co-workers are playing country radio all the time and i would just roll my eyes through every song except for when red came on i would be like i actually like this one and i know who taylor swift is obviously and like i am kind of into this so then I remember being like, I'm, I think I'm going to buy the CD. 
you know, like I'm at Target, I'm looking for something to play in my car. Back when people still bought CDs. Back when people did that kind of thing. And I liked it right away because, of course, red. But I also liked it because I could play it in the car with my kids because there wasn't like really graphic sort of things. So I had a real soft launch into the fandom. It was very much sort of like time and place introed me. And then I listened to that album over and over and over again. <laughs> like, you know how when you have kids and they're like, play it again. You're like, mm-hmm. oh, fine, I'm so sick of it. It wasn't like that. It was like, play it again. I was like, okay. <laughs> Already done. My Already started was like, over. Are we, yep, again? Okay. And like, then 1989 came out and I was like, this is so good. And then. Well, right. because your pop soul yes. immediately was just like. Red is maybe a little bit of a stretch. I think it's, she's still playing in pop, but 1989 was like, we are full in it. We are. Yes. And the amount of country that was left in the Red era was mm. enough, was okay. Like, okay. I wasn't mad because I do like folk and Americana, but like, con- like radio country was Stadium where, country. Yes. Yeah. 1989 came out and it was the same kind of thing. I bought the CD right away. I played it in the car with my kids all the time. We were like, a new CD to repeat over and over again. And so mm-hmm. that's how I really got to like the memorization, like kind of obsessed with her songwriting. The lyrics. The lyrics, the melody, all of it. Really deep dive. And then uh, she kind of rose to the ranks of one of my favorite artists, but I still wasn't like a full-blown like crazy person. <laughs> I Then I ended up seeing her live. That's when I went to the, the Reputation tour. And I was like, holy shit, this is incredible. Like, her live is insane. She sounds so good. Everything looks good. They spare no expense. It's just like a whole experience. Lover came out, and I was not quite as Johnny on the spot with buying it and listening to it a lot. I kind of got delayed. But then pandemic hit. We were all locked in our houses, and I was like, I am trying to stay sane. I'm driving around a lot. I'm going to listen to Lover while I do that. And then I started to kind of be like, oh. And then I was like gaining momentum with her. And then Folklore and Evermore came out and I went (laughs) absolutely outer space, insane, full-blown mental illness, identity crisis level of fan. Like it was unlike anything I've ever experienced with any other artist. I have never gone, I've never rode so hard for an artist Mm -hmm. in my life. Everything she said was about me. (laughs) Every song hit different. Every lyric, like, cut me open. It was just like this visceral experience, especially during a time when the world was, like, panicked. Everyone was sad. We, like, needed something. And it just slotted right in. And now I'm just, like, full-blown psycho psychopath this is so funny because obviously we've talked about this before but for the sake of this podcast you are offering much more detail and i think we have had this conversation piecemeal we've known each other that's probably also helpful to know we've known each other for four years since 2019 so three years Mm -hmm. almost four yeah so background a little bit there we're not strangers we are (laughs) friends friends for lovers we are um very close friends who have bonded over. That was one of the first things we bonded over, actually. That's helpful context as well. Right. Good thing we mapped this out and really had a solid plan of attack. <laughs> uh, is we bonded over Taylor Swift because yes. I was known kind of as this Taylor Swift fan. And then Annie reached out and was like, oh, my God, I love her, too. And then, again, we just kind of we boosted each other. Like, threw I, gasoline yeah, on each, each other and then through the match. Uh-huh. So 
I have a question because this is really interesting. Red, mm -hmm. entry point for you. Yeah. I would mark it as a pivotal point for me. Red felt grown up because it was Speak Now was a little bit juvenile. She was still younger. Red felt like the first time she was 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, because there's a song, 22. It felt like, oh, okay, adult mm. for some reason. I think the lyrics reflect that. I think the sound reflects that. But my friends and I had freedom for the first time because we were like, 16, 17, 18, somewhere in that range. So you have a license, you have a car. Every weekend or almost every weekend, we'd get in the car and we'd drive to uh, a restaurant that was like further outside of our, I grew up in a small town. So we would get in the car and we'd drive out and we would just play red over and over mm -hmm. and over again. Red on the way out, red on the way back. So that's probably the one that I listened to the most from start to finish, just over and over and over again. And it really was a turning point for me and I'm wondering, do you think Red of all is Red the easiest entry point into the Taylor Swift universe? Interesting. Is question. that the easiest album? Interesting question. I would say probably 1989 is easier because Red still did. The caveat is, of course, this is an incredible, amazing song, but like All Too Well, for example, is so dramatic. Mm. And I feel like there are some people that might have listened to that and been like, "Oh my gosh, what is this girl's deal?" Like she's like such a drama queen kind of like boy crazy all of those things that you hear as criticisms of her um 1989 of course was about a lot of those things too but i think that it was taken seriously by more people Interesting. as 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 like a reputable musician a musician's album like the fact that ryan adams covered the whole album is like to me indicative of the fact that everyone was able to listen to that album with a more open mind that was like this is a real musician doing real things whereas maybe up until then it was a little bit easier to write her off that would be the only reason i would choose 1989 over red interesting because i think that 1989 was so pop that you almost lose people there you lose a demographic of people who listened to shake it off and out of the woods and were like this is this is just a pop this is mindless bubblegum pop mm, whereas if you have an appreciation for her and you can understand that actually no there's a reason it's so repetitive there's a reason it's all these things or if you like pop music 1989 is the way in but i'm just right. wondering in terms of mass appeal if red with its mix of like there's some stadium country but she's edging into pop but she's also got the like over dramatic melodramatic songs and lyrics and then you've got like Gary Lightfoot, and you've got like Snow Patrol. So if you're at that moment in time, like an indie sad boy, <laughs> you could find your way in with that. I'm just, it's interesting that both you and I have that like pivotal moment with mm -hmm. that album. It's just funny because that's also probably the one that had the biggest impact on me besides Folklore and Evermore. Cause I think right. those were, yeah, to your point, in another dimension, stratosphere. Yeah. And this is so, but the other thing with your story that's interesting, that's different. When you were in high school and college, the idea of like an Instagram or I right. guess there was like Tumblr and everything like that, yeah, but Pinterest, but we weren't on that. I was not that. plugged into any of that. And podcasts weren't even really a thing either. But yeah. like the idea of finding a community, all the people on Instagram who have the fan accounts, the, the Tumblr pages, there just wasn't that. So it was really like who you knew. So mm -hmm. you're very interesting in that you were operating in a fan bubble. It yeah. was you and your kids. I was not influenced by anyone being like, you should listen to this. Whereas I was 
10 years younger than you mm -hmm. in a high school environment. So I'm surrounded by other people all the time right. where there was that like, have you listened to the new Taylor Swift album? Do you like Taylor Swift? And then I had two friends who were as equally obsessed, if not more so than I was with her, right. who really ushered me into it as well. Like I think they were fans before I was. So that's also very, an interesting piece of your story is like, you're not, and then I, and then me and my best friend would listen to it. Or, and then I, I found no. the fan page. You know what I mean? It's a very unique idea of, I kind of found her on my own randomly. And then. <laughs> and toddlers liked of, it. Yeah. And toddlers liked it. So that was kind of my entry. Yeah. I don't know a lot of people who are like that. I think most people fall into my category, which is mm -hmm. I was 13. My heart was sad. And then I found Speak Now. And I was like, oh, this is just who I am for forever. Oh, I can hurt my own feelings. Oh, Interesting. Oh. Let's play that on repeat. Okay, one thing we should just timestamp this first episode oh, yeah. is that it just so happens to land on October 7th, 13 days before. That's actually really good timing for us. It looks like we planned this. We planned this, absolutely. Yeah. Um, it is 13 days before the release of Midnight's. We have just had an absolute mayhem track release dump by yes. Taylor Swift herself. Um, we Which watched. I would like to think, I know it was re pre-recorded, Annie informed me. I yeah. like to think that she was up all of last night. Changing, changing outfits. outfits. Yeah, Mari was like, wow, that's a lot of wardrobe changes. And I just looked at her like, really? That's one fan theory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one thing we should also mention, which is that she has announced today that Snow on the Beach is going to feature Lana Del Rey, which I, for one, am thrilled about. And Mari was not necessarily a Lana fan for years until what? Two months ago? Something's happening to me, and I don't know what it is. A lot of the bands that I have stereotypically categorized as overhyped, mm -hmm. I am now listening to and realizing that I like them. Mm -hmm. So, for example, the two most prevalent ones, which I think somebody was like, I can't believe Tumblr culture is coming back because both Lana and the 1975 are putting out new music, and mm -hmm. they were like the epitome of that culture, really. Mm -hmm. um, at least the, the white-centric version of it. <laughs> I am liking both of their music now, the 1975 and Lana. And I, part of me is like, that's fine. You're allowed to grow and change. But then also part of me is like, what changed? Nothing. I've been stagnant for two years we all in this have pandemic. Been. Yeah. What could have happened that I am all of a sudden like, I would like to hear a woman sing like she smokes a pack a day mm -hmm. about her ranch in California and yep. swimming in a blue bathing suit. And toxic relationships. And toxic relationships and her red convertible. And I just want the same variation of words kind of over and over again. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, I'm like, this is perfect. This, this is what I want. <laughs> this box. <laughs> yeah. And I loved video games. Is that what it's called? Video games? Ultraviolet? What's it called? Paradise? No. The one that has video games on it. You are asking the wrong person. <laughs> Born to Die. Wow, we weren't even. Nope, not no, even close. Not even close. People are going to be like, fake fan. And I'm going to be like, yep. Oh, we got the fake fan label the second I didn't know how old she was. Nope. But I don't need to know her birthday. I don't need to know what she wore last night. I don't need to know where she ate dinner. I don't care about that. I just right. want to know what the song Purple Haze is about. Wait, no. Lavender Haze. <laughs> Again, fake, fake fan. fan. <laughs> the number of people who are angry already, and we haven't even gotten to disagree about anything, is... And it makes me stronger. I can feel it coming. I can feel it happening. Wherever <laughs> I am right now, just now I'm smiling. <laughs> You're excited about the feature. I'm excited about the feature. Lana Dory is an, also an example of someone who is not super strong vocally. However, I would argue that she is very, she has a very signature sound. Mm. So like in her range, which is limited, she hits. So Do I think that's the only feature. 
It's it's seeming that way, but I can't imagine that's true. I swear to God, if there's an Ed Sheeran song on this album, <laughs> I'm gonna flip this table. I won't listen to it. Well, Maybe we should tell the people about stop. your relationship. Stop. With stop. Joker and Yeah, let's go down another rabbit hole. It's fine. Here's let's the deal. I think that Ed Sheeran can sing. I think he's talented. Mm-hmm. I don't like when he raps. It makes me uncomfortable. Does anyone? Uh, there's a segment of people that do. So, I was excited when they announced that song. And then I listened to it, and I watched the music video. song was real simple. It was real simple. Lyrics, melody, everything like that. I listened to it. I messaged Annie. And I'm yeah. like, I was like, I don't think I like this. I don't know how I feel about this. And Annie burst my glass walls and ceiling by going, it sounds like the Beauty and the Beast song. And I was like, I will never be able to unhear that. I, it, for, I was like, now I extra hate it. Yep. Hate it. And then I proceeded to listen to it 250 times. I don't know why. I know all the words and I will seek that song out now. And it makes me mad. That's what she does. That's what she does to us. It's sneaky. I will tell you that I will tell you that I have listened to that song one and a half times. That's wild. No, we'll, we'll get to your song that you listen to that I don't ever listen to. We'll get there. It's here. It's There's coming. A lot. All right. So one thing we wanted to do as part of our intro. Yeah. Although we have called each other and ourselves fake fans no fewer than 12 times yeah. so far. Because we are. Because we are. In a sense, yes. But in a much truer sense, no. Yes. Uh, we are and are also not fake fans. Depends on how insane of a Swift you are. But we'll get to that later. Um, we have ranked all mm-hmm. nine of her studio albums. We discussed whether or not this includes the Taylor's version and the vault tracks and sort of agreed that it wouldn't really change our overall album ranking placement anyway. So let's just assume for, for the sake of argument that it is her entire catalog, non-live albums. Excluding singles that were never part of an album. AKA Christmas songs. I don't want to see from you. I don't see from you. <laughs> Get out of here. Listen, I don't Christmas care what kind of farm. farm. I don't care what kind of farm it is. No. Pound sand. Anyway, so. <laughs> such an old person. Yeah, it saying. is. <laughs> Hit the road, Jack. Um, yes. So we ranked our albums. So we start from the bottom. And we are, as always, the same but different. We will go. Maybe let's just go. Album by album. So we both resoundingly agree that debut is the absolute last. I think the debut album is good. I just think it's too young. I've officially aged out of really being able to like connect or relate to any of these songs, with yeah. the exception of a few. I still love Tim McGraw. That's probably that's like really the only one that I still but the rest of them are just very they're just very juvenile. Yeah. Um, same. And for me, it's just that I wasn't there. Like, I missed it, right? And so my only experience with debut is from, like, a scientific going back and listening to it just for the sake of knowing what it's all about. Yeah. And there are absolutely songs on this album that I like. And there are really strong early indications of what a prolific songwriter she was to become and was already, just, like, Mm. born with it. If I had been tapped in at the time, I would have been like, I cannot wait to hear where this goes. For me, the best example of that is Should Have Said No. I think that mm. as a song, the writing of that is really strong. Um, anyway, we don't need to talk about debut because we both agree it's kind of trash. 
So we'll just put that. Yeah. We have a lot of episode ideas, but one of the things we want to do is an episode per album. So we'll do one on the debut. Yes. It's going to be a real short one. (laughs) We'll be like, it happened. Anyway. The next for both of us, uh, number eight was Fearless. Yeah. Which I feel bad about. But again, there has to be an eighth place. There are still songs off of Fearless, however, that I love. Mm -hmm. Um, What song have I been singing all day? Forever and Always. Thank you. Why? Yes, Forever and Always. You do your Forever and Always thing because I need to look up the name of the song that I love from Fearless. So the thing, the one thing I will say, we absolutely could not disagree more on the song Breathe, whereas I would consider Breathe one of the best songs on Fearless and Mari absolutely hates it to her core. But she's also listened to that enough times that has now memorized well, all the words. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. We put together a playlist for a friend of ours to try to get him into Taylor Swift. Yeah, and he we had never heard a Taylor Swift song. song. And we we had this whole thing about Breathe and about it being on there. And I was like, it cannot be the representative of Fearless on this playlist. <laughs> And you proceeded, Annie, to give me three reasons why it should be. One, it's a true duet, and it's a beautiful harmony. Yep. Two, you like it. And three, I'm wrong. Those are the reasons <laughs> that you gave when we did this. So I just not a true indication of how this will go. I don't so know my song from Fearless that I still love is That's the Way I Loved You. I also really love Mr. Perfectly Fine from the Vault Tracks. I'm fascinated as to how that didn't make it on the first cut of this because it's such a good revenge song, high school song. It's so sing it into a hairbrush in your bedroom yes, at night, which exactly. is how I would encapsulate Fearless. Fearless to me is in your bedroom, pictures of your friends on the wall. You've got your like spirit scrunchies on the wall or whatever. You've got your shirt on and you're just dancing and singing. And again, it's You've just- You've got a shirt up. <laughs> really painting a picture here. You're wearing a shirt. You may or may not have also pants. I sound like a robot. I sound like I wasn't a child. You're an AI bot yeah, that was, that was like, programmed to describe. I sound like I've never listened to music before in my life. You know when you listen to music and you're wearing a shirt? You know? <laughs> Relatable content. Or I'm really just trying to cover the fact that I only listen to music when I'm naked. <laughs> but you're like overcorrecting? Yeah. You know, like. They'll know. They'll know. <laughs> Quick, say that you're wearing a shirt. Oh my god! Oh, so stupid. Yeah, yes. Singing into the hair. And you you have to acknowledge for Fearless, that was the moment everything changed for her. Like Mm -hmm. that was the "You Belong with Me" um, love story. Yes, you. She is just catapulted into fame. Like that is the that is the tectonic shift. And I don't mean to be a Taylor Swift hipster, but I like the songs that aren't like the ones that I love are less popular. Oh, yeah. Forever and Always. And the thing I love about Forever and Always, this was what I tried to shove down our co-workers' throat when we were making a Swifty, was like, if you want to hear what it sounds like to write a song that takes you on a, melodically, takes you on a journey, that you don't know what's coming next, but it all is cohesive, it fits together, but it just keeps you listening to it. Lyrically, is it super complex? No. But... So I listen to it, I'm like, God, this brilliant child wrote this song. This child prodigy. Yeah, it's so interesting to hear it. I'm just like, did she even really know what she was doing? But that's very insulting. Of course she did. But that's what I love about that song. And then my other fearless story, as I've told you, this is before I got into Red, before I knew that I was like a super crazed lunatic fan. 
Um, I was driving and I was very PMSy, very hormonal. Mm. <laughs> oh yeah. Listening to the radio and the song 15 came on. The line where she said, Abigail gave everything she had to a boy who changed his mind and we both cried and then I cried. <laughs> driving by myself so when I say that I wasn't a fan before I mean that I was but like the, the not to sound like a pretentious like music scholar or whatever but like the that song is a perfect example for me of her early like storytelling because yes, it's so the good flow of that story is so natural yeah yeah the feel of it is very relatable and then the, the way that you kind of by the time the song's over you feel like you know her and Abigail in a way. And I mean, yeah, like I, me and my friends were too scared to talk to a boy before we were 18, but that doesn't mean that we couldn't relate to that <laughs> right. song. Yes, again, that idea. See also unrequited love <laughs> origin story. Guys, <laughs> I'm going to die alone. Okay, it's fine. Back to the ranking. This, this is where we differ. This is where we deviate. My number seven is Speak Now. And my number seven is Lover. Yes. So, again, mine is a little bit self-explanatory based on what I've already said, which is that, like, I wasn't really a fan during the Speak Now era when it was happening in real time. I have since gone back to Speak Now, and I really do like it. I love Back to December. That was one of the early songs that I really liked of hers. Um, I really like the story of us. And I fucking love the song Haunted to a degree that I myself don't totally understand. But I just think it's this incredible anthem, like rock Avril Lavigne style situation. That oh, interesting. I just think that it's so good. And she really Mm -hmm. had something to say. Um, I also like Long Live, but I don't like the line about fighting dragons. I know that's a hot take in the fandom because that song is quote unquote about us. But like, you know. There it wasn't about you. You weren't there. I wasn't the there. Time. It wasn't about me. Yeah. It was not about me. I wasn't fighting shit with you. But yeah. there And like Sparks Fly is good. So there's... It's not that I don't like this album. Uh, anyway, yeah. you go on with your lover. Yeah. So for Lover, for me, when it came out, we, we hadn't had Taylor music in two years because she followed the stereotypical pattern of the every two years putting something out. It felt like, oh, she's coming back. This is going to be like 1989. I think everybody was ready for Reputation to be put on a shelf and be like incredible biggest tour but we're gonna go back to taylor doing rainbows and sunshine and sadness (laughs) and lover was that but it just wasn't as strong i just don't think that's as strong of an album the songs that are good on there are incredible we could do a whole episode about cruel summer and death by a thousand cuts which we probably will and they are incredible but the lows on that album are just so low and i just don't find myself going back to it i think that there are songs on there that eventually I'll grow to appreciate and slowly over time but it's just yeah so then number six for me is lover and for me is red and for you is red yeah so for me lover is similar we actually have like kind of the same overall feeling about lover I didn't start listening to it until 2020 even though it came out in 2019 didn't really give it many listens good old college try but since becoming like super obsessed with her I have gone back to it and I really appreciate it now I appreciate a lot more songs than I did before of course Cruel Summer is 
top tier, god tier, you could say. Um, also Death by Thousand Cuts. But I love Daylight and I love Afterglow. To me, those two songs are like special and they are songs that are I completely slept on. And then later was like, oh my God, these are so good. You love The Archer. Yes. And I was like, I don't get it. And then I went back to that song and was like, I get it. Uh, but yeah, that's why it's ranked slightly higher. I, yeah, I don't. Lyrically, I, I really don't like them, but I don't have a good enough reason, which is why I don't come back at you really strong. Because like, I like it and because you're wrong. wrong. So that's six and then five. Wait, but you didn't say anything about Lover or Red. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, so now I'm thinking about it. No, I'm going to keep it. It's too late to change it. I, we're already... Permanent Google Doc. It is a permanent <laughs> Google Doc. Because again, meeting boys and talking to boys and like figuring everything out. And that's all that Speak Now and Red are. They're nostalgic to me. That's really what it is. The rest of these don't feel nostalgic. Mm-hmm. It feel very present that mm-hmm. I'm like still a fan of them. Right. Speak Now and, and Red make me feel like I'm in high school. And I love a lot of the deeper tracks off of Red specifically. So mm-hmm. again, the singles, I think like a lot of fans, I'm not normally a fan of the singles that come out first. I wasn't yeah. a fan of these singles. Actually, that's a lie. From Jump, I loved We Are Never Getting Back Together, mm-hmm. but that was really the only one. Again, those those ones that were deeper cuts that didn't get a lot of radio play, even though Begin Again was a single because it has a music video, um, yeah. are my preferences on Red and All Too Well. Oh, of course. The, yeah, we really only acknowledge the 10-minute version at this point. I haven't listened to Taylor's version of All Too Well than not I listened to it by accident because it started playing and I wasn't paying attention and then I switched it to the 10-minute <laughs> You were like, oh. I was like... <laughs> Even though it's the same this song. This song isn't finished. So then, so then um, that's your six and five. Is right. Uh, yeah, I kind of, and then Speak Now, now uh, Enchanted is my favorite Taylor Swift song of all time. Again, we'll talk about that a little bit later, but I just, but I still love it. Like, I love Back to December. I love Last Kiss. <laughs> I don't what? know why. <laughs> really? Yes. Have we not talked about that? No. <laughs> oh. I watch your life in pictures like I used to watch you sleep. I I'll feel you forget me like I used to feel you breathe. Think that song? Don't say it. Is stupid. What? <laughs> it's so good. I just and I'll keep up with our old friends just to ask them how you are. I hope it's nice where you are. Yeah, I mean, those are the words. And I hope the sun shines. <laughs> it's a beautiful You're just going to keep singing until I say it's good. I can't really sing. Also, that's something you should all know. If I'm ever singing and you're like, that's not how the melody goes, just know that I know. <laughs> we all know. I know. So that's my five. Yeah, five is speak now. Okay, so my five is reputation, but it is what I consider to be the version, uh, the era of Taylor where it was important and I loved that for her and she was mad and she was getting back at people and we love a petty queen. However, that style of music is less my jam. It's harder for me to really tap into the lyrics and the the meaning and the feelings of the song when it's like club music. (laughs) Again, like I love it. You know I love Sad Taylor. Sad Taylor is my favorite and there's only one Sad Taylor song on that album. So yeah. All right, number four. So my four is Reputation. I have gone on the biggest journey with Reputation, I would say, when she deleted all of her Instagram Mm -hmm. pictures and then just put the snake up. Right. And I was like, oh, my God, this is going to be so good. And then Look What You Made Me Do came out. And I was like, fuck. 
I hate this. <laughs> and I was like, God damn it. And then Ready For It came out. And I was like, it's so repetitive. Oh, no. It's it's not going to be good and, and we're going to be in trouble. And then the whole album came out and I listened to it all. And I was like, oh, actually, no, this is good. And then I just listened to it over and over and over again. And now I love almost every single song. Because if I am working out, if I am trying to yes. party, if I'm in a car and it's nice outside and yes. the window's down, we are blasting ready for it. I'll even let Ed Sheeran get away with rapping no, on Endgame, see? even though that's my, like, I think of all these on here, that's my least favorite. It's so early in the album that it, like, scared me away at first. Mm. I was like, this is where we're going? We're letting Ed Sheeran rap? so where I put him? It, I just have come full circle on this. And, and songs that I didn't like, Getaway Car, King of My Heart, Delicate, dress, call it what you want, are now I'm like, these are fan Oh, I think of you as a major dress, girly. I feel like you're a dress That, But that took a while. Yeah. I mean, you didn't know me in 2017. I did not. So while it was were, a different me. While you were in elementary school. While I was in elementary school. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Um, okay, so then the next what, was... No, your four. My four is Red. Again, Red was my intro. Probably the album I listened to the most times just end to end without skipping anything. There are some that are more skips for me. Like, I don't love Starlight. I would say the first however many tracks. It's just like banger after banger they're all good they all build on each other i think it's just like it's just a really well put together album our top threes are the same we should just they're just in different order yeah we should just yeah so i'm folklore one 1989 to evermore three and i'm evermore one folklore two in 1989 three and i was saying uh before this that evermore and folklore if you were to actually, if I was to sit and break down each song and number of songs that I like love and obsessed with versus songs that I maybe skip or don't like and put them side to side, they would actually probably be a dead tie for first. And to me, they're kind of all one era. So it's almost like one, two sides of an album to me. Like they're, I don't, oh, interesting. I don't really differentiate them a lot. Some people talk about Folklore being a summer album and Evermore being a fall album. They're both fall. fall winter albums to me yeah uh just in terms of the vibes yeah this is where my sad girl heart really smiles is these two albums and then 1989 of course like we talked about is like genius and fun and, and yeah for me i love folklore nevermore but folklore is just way stronger for me there's no skips for me on folklore with the exception of one song that we can talk about more when we talk about the folklore album spoiler it is mad woman um <laughs> annie informed me this morning that i just haven't been gaslit enough in my life to, to appreciate really appreciate that song, that song. yeah you haven't been traumatized enough by a man that's your problem and by problem or just like society in so general lucky. yeah true anyway, anyway um, um let's transition into a fun little memory lane moment again as mentioned our intro to friendship was taylor we both sort of discovered the other person was a safe space for talking about her. Um, I don't even know. This was in 2019. We, we had another... a slew of text messages going back and forth about Taylor and her music. So we went back through the mall and prepped for this to try to find funny hot takes or things that we were like very adamant about. And we yeah. found that we had ranked our favorite songs back in 2019. Mm -hmm. And even in 2019, this is how you know that I was off the rails. I first just put all the songs that I liked in a list and there were 45. 45 of them that I then had to narrow down in rank. And then I proceeded to write small novels about my reasoning behind each of them. 
It was like you were literally processing the fact that you could only pick five or six. Yeah. And you had to like justify yeah. to myself. Yeah. So how about this? Just for time's sake, why don't we just rattle off your top yeah. six then and your top six now? Okay. So number one, The Way I Loved You. Number two, Speak Now. Number three, Enchanted. Number four, Treacherous. Number five, All Too Well. And number six, Blank Space. Now, was I appearing to be a 17-year-old in 2019? Yes. Am I a 29-year-old in 2022? Yes. You do the math. Uh, in 2022, number one, Enchanted. Yes. Calling that out. It went up two spots. It went up two spots. All Too Well, the 10-minute version. Jumped up three spots. My Tears Ricochet, number three. Mm-hmm. Number four, Blank Space. Also on the list. Got bumped up. Mm-hmm. Five, Cruel Summer. And six, happiness. So the way I loved you, speak now, and treacherous all got bumped. Those would be on my top ten, though. The fact that we did a top six instead of a top five just tells you how hard it was for us to pick. Yes. Um, Okay, so mine in 2019, number one was This Love. Number two, New Year's Day, which is actually one of the first songs you and I bonded over. Oh, that's right. Uh, Number three, Back to December, which is so funny to me now looking back. Number four, Treacherous. We are aggressive Treacherous stands. We will do a whole episode about the song, I'm guessing, but that is number four for me. Yeah. Number five, All You Had to Do Was Stay, another bop. And all You Had to Do Was Slay. I'm sorry. All You Had to Do Was Slay, and she really did. She really did. Um, and then number six, All Too Well, regular version at the time. 2022 Annie, she's seen some shit. She's, <laughs> she's a shell of her former self. She's not okay. She's here in mind and in body. Maybe not so much spirit. I don't know. She's from folklore. It's happiness, my tears ricochet, and this is me trying. Happiness is on Evermore. A fake fan. <laughs> Get out. Crap. You're absolutely right. What was the... Oh, Exile. That's the, fo- the folklore one okay. I'm thinking about. Exile, my tears ricochet, and this is me trying. Mm-hmm. And then I would also include, like, happiness from Evermore, absolutely, like, in this list of, like, the saddest songs she's ever written. But happiness is a deeper cut. I guess you're more plugged into the online fandom world than I am. Yeah. Do they love happiness? Do you all love happiness? <laughs> Tell us now. Tell <laughs> us in the chat. Um, there is definitely... It is sort of known as the devastating, like, sad girl song. There is not a lot of buzz about it, though, I will say. We should create a happiness fan page. <laughs> it's just so sad. It's just a sad space. Um, it's a sad space. Yeah, so that's almost the entirety of the first episode. Again, we're still trying to figure out how this is going to work and how we're going to structure it and what we do and mm-hmm. and how we, how, we, how we do it. What we do and how we do it. Yep, but I feel good about it. Um, one thing I will say that you mentioned mm. is the Instagram fandom. Mm. So we do have an Instagram page called Screaming at the Sky, but some idiot stole Screaming at the Sky written up correctly for their <laughs> handle. That isn't even a Taylor Swift fan page, by the way. So it's oh, screaming. Th- is that why there's two Ys? Uh, there are three Ys. <laughs> <laughs> screaming at the Sky! So at least it makes... It seemed like you're really screaming at the sky. Yeah, screaming underscore at underscore the underscore sky with three Ys. Yeah. So, you know, that's that's where we are on the, on the line. Yeah. We're very online. Um, so, you know, check that out. One thing I will say, though, is since creating the Instagram page and approaching 1,000 followers, which is, like, my goal but to post this first episode, is that y'all are wild out here yeah in these instagram streets of swifty fandom we've got 
all, I love that it's all ages, walks of life, country, genders, everyone's everywhere all the time. Oh love my God, that. I literally thought you meant like country music fans, not nope. like, like country so when you in the went, world. When you went country, gender, I was like, is that a genre of music? <laughs> Ooh, country, gender music. Country, gender music. I'm a really big fan. It's just Martin Morris. <laughs> the other thing is that they sometimes I feel like take themselves a little too seriously. So an example of this that I have is my favorite thing, my favorite slash funniest thing to make fun of Swifty Instagram accounts for is when they'll have a picture of her as their profile picture and I'll have a bio and everything and it'll say, you know, Felicity, Taylor's version, parentheses, not impersonating. Bitch, if you don't think we know you're not the real Taylor Swift, if you don't think that we have Taylor Swift and Taylor Nation both favorited at the top, checking it daily, what do you, you're not verified, you have three posts and 10 followers. We know you're not impersonating her. It's just, and the number of people who want to specify that they're not impersonating. Is I wonder this a, if they've been turned off before for like impersonating or like libel. Or is this like, a problem that I'm I just know. like, I have never once specified that I'm not impersonating her. I'm a fake fan. I don't follow Taylor Nation. <laughs> oh, you yeah, found that out this morning. Yeah, you didn't know it was a thing. Yeah, again, a fake fan. <laughs> I cannot stress this enough. Uh, the next episode will be our reaction to Midnight's. Correct. We're planning for that. As mentioned earlier, we are 13 days away as of today. Yep. We will be also filming that because seeing our faces and hearing our reaction is important. Yeah. So that will be the next one. will be the Midnight's. Uh, yeah. So tune in again next week. For more screaming. Or whenever we do this. Whenever this is up. Next time. Or not. Yeah. <laughs>